You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Hello, Michael. Andre, I'm back here with Krister. I feel like we. Uh, I, I feel like we never left. But we, we, he actually didn't. I think he went for a bottle of water, and he said, "All right, let's do this." Okay, so, so I, re- I realize it's like I realize it's like midnight there. But seriously, you guys are drinking water. You've already had too much wine. Well, we went to a dinner tonight uh, at a place called the Student Hotel, which was kind of interesting. Uh, this it's a it seems to be some European um, student. You know, if you come over as a student. You can stay, but if you come over also as anybody else who's not a student, you can stay. But they also have uh, like they have a gym, uh, they have stores, they have a restaurant, they have roof bar, roof bars. You know, so it's uh, and and I think uh, looking at their website, they're planning on twenty locations. Or they already have five or six within Europe, um, and and it's not inexpensive. Just uh, it's not expensive sorry to stay there like the, the single room is 60 euros for the middle of florence that's not that's not bad so uh, the food was was good we we had a nice dinner we had some uh, really interesting wines from uh, fontadi from a place called uh, poderi dadja um where else did we have from and some very nice vinsanto one from fontadi and one from um La Mole de la, la Mole. La Mole de la Mole, which, which was from 1995. Yeah. With excellent balance. Yeah. Uh, this Poderi uh, de Aja is the, the acidity was off the chart and just went so well with uh, with uh, the food. Yeah, that was 2016. Uh, yeah. Classico Reserva. So, uh, yeah, we had some really good stuff. And um, I, I didn't get her name. Uh, I think the, uh, the wine was Tarenti or something like that. Uh, she's making a, a traditional method sparkling from Sangiovese. Oh. So, Andre, I'm going to look into that uh, tomorrow because uh, I'm going to her her, her booth to uh, uh, to taste and talk to her. That is she's, interesting. She's uh, Swedish. Her parents bought uh, a winery 30 years ago. They uh, fell in love with Tuscany and decided that that's what they wanted to do. Uh, and then she came over and took over the reins now that they're 80 years old. So... A uh, very nice young lady, obviously from Sweden, as I said, and uh, making traditional method sparkling in Tuscany, which is very weird. That's Did really interesting. No, that's really interesting. So last episode, we had a chance to talk to Krister uh, about Burgundy, and I think we got a good a good baseline because, like I said, even as someone who's been writing about wine for a little while, given the focus on Niagara, it's been a little overwhelming to dip into it, but... I think for a lot of people, also, you know a little bit about wine, you want to start drinking a little bit better. Bordeaux is another region that can be a little overwhelming. And you've mentioned Krister is also uh, someone who knows quite a bit about Bordeaux, even though his website is bemybourgoing.blogspot.com. Well, hold yeah. on a second. He does write a lot about Bordeaux because yeah. when I first met Krister, uh, like his number one, as far as I remember, was always Bordeaux. He goes to the... Uh, 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 the tastings. I go to Ampremeur every year. Yes. Uh, and I, uh, the Bordeaux website, because that's another website, that's Be My Bordeaux. <laughs> so, you know, it's very inventive. I'm a very inventive guy. <laughs> and that's uh, that's uh, some 460, 70 wine producers and 16,000 tasting notes so far. So that's uh, that's a different ballgame. Got yeah, a little more than the last one. 
I'm just going through the website right now. I'm just seeing. So it looks like you've never written about Chateau La Confession, which is a winery we've mentioned on this podcast quite a few times that is partly owned by a Canadian. The thing is that to, 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 for, for, on any website I have, if I'm going to publish uh, um, a um, profile, I need to have tasted the wine more than uh, five, five times or more. So if I have less than five tasting notes, you won't have, otherwise it will be a thousand um, profiles in there or more. Uh, so, uh, and La Confession, I've just tasted a few times. I don't think I've probably tasted that five times. Okay. And what are your impressions of La Confession? Uh, from the top of my head. Uh, to the tip of his toes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's, um, if I remember, I, I think they like wood a little bit too much for, for my, uh, I think they're, li- this is just, because now we're in Tuscany, so I'm not really wearing the Bordeaux hat. <laughs> I think from the top of my head, they have a little bit too much wood and a little bit too much extraction. Okay, then. could be wrong. It's uh, just how I feel it from the top of my head right now. And he's not wearing that hat. Oh. Not much of a hat wearer, but... Yeah, it blew off. <laughs> And, and then I, and then I'm looking I'm looking at the winery from across the street that I'm a big fan of as well Chateau Grand Pontet and you've got some tasting notes at bemarbordeaux.blogspot.com of some very tasty wines it looks like 2016 uh, is something to keep an eye out open keep an eye open 2016 for. 2016 yes. is a really really good vintage uh, it's uh, if you like uh, classic style bordeaux where you still have quite a bit of freshness to to the wines uh, and a little bit less alcohol, 2016 is probably the greatest vintage within the last 10 or 15 years. Uh, 2010 is probably a, a greater vintage, but it's not that typical. You have a very uh, dense, concentrated style with um, the highest tannins, tannin levels more or less ever seen, even if the tannins are extremely ripe. ripe. Uh, but the wines are, are um, extremely tight and extremely closed, and these are wines that will go on for the next 50 or 60 years. And 2009 is another exemplary great vintage, but those wines are much richer, much more soft tannins, riper. Uh, some wines are borderline jammy. 16 is really, really classic uh, and has a completely different freshness level. Uh, extremely focused and pure fruit. So if you love classic Bordeaux, 2016 is really a vintage that you can just go nuts with. And we have it there. And I love and I love the fact that you mentioned you mentioned yeah, 2020. If I had enough money, I would buy pallets for 2016. <laughs> well, I actually love that you mentioned 2010. Um, uh, my wife and I we recently opened a bottle of Grand Pontet 2010, and we put it in a, in a decanter for. I think it was three hours, but my God, this was one of the best wines I've ever had, period, bar none. Uh, and I have and I have zero regrets about opening it as young as I did because uh, with the three hours in the decanter, the tannin had relaxed, and it was just yeah. such rich fruit and everything about it. It was, it was like watching a perfect movie in the perfect setting with like a very crisp picture. It was just so yeah. delicious. 
So I, since we have a Bordeaux expert here with us, I guess now is the time to ask all those questions you were afraid to ask about Bordeaux. <laughs> how do you how do you begin? How do you begin in Bordeaux? It's so expensive. How do you get into it? Yeah, that's, there, that's, that's the point. question. Well, we were just talking about Burgundy. That's expensive. <laughs> Bordeaux is much cheaper than than Burgundy. Um, for for you know, just as an example, you, you could uh, at least in Europe buy uh, someone like Grolle Ross. In the, which is a second growth for probably 70 euros, uh, which today is just a village wine from a normal producer in Burgundy. So, and this is a legendary second growth. So I wouldn't say Bordeaux is that expensive, but on the other side, of course, the 70 euros for a bottle of wine is crazy money for most uh, people. Um, but I think that there's um, so many good producers Uh, at it just depends how good your importer is to, to to find them because there's probably no wine region on this planet where you can find 10 15 20 euro bottles of wine which can easily age for 20 years if you want them to uh, but you could also drink them while young so so Bordeaux uh, it has a huge amount of wines to offer for example I don't know if these wines are available in Canada but you have uh, Den from Grau, which make a fantastic white wine and a really good red wine made by the Dubordieu family, which uh, is um, uh, Denis Dubordieu. He passed a few years ago, but he's he was one of the greatest uh, professors at um, at the University of Bordeaux. And their family estates make all, all the wines from this family. They have five or six properties. Um, are fantastic. And the cheapest ones are from Chateau Renault, which is probably eight or nine, maybe 10 euros in a shop in in, in, uh, in Bordeaux. And their most expensive wine is uh, their Sauternes estate, which is Doisiden, and the Doisiden would probably be 40 euros. So they have an extremely good value uh, system. Uh, and they have a tiny, tiny production in top vintages of Doisiden called Extravagant de Doisiden, which is one of the greatest wines on, of the world. It's about 100 euros for a half bottle, which is crazy. Uh, but they only make maybe three barrels. So it's like 900 liters in a, in a good year. So it's also extremely rare. But, you know, these wines can age for uh, Chateau Renault. I think the oldest I've tasted was 15 to 20 years. It's a 10 euro wine. It was still fantastic. So. We know it's not La Fitroche, fantastic, but for that price, it was still alive. There was nothing going on badly. So, well, I, I think. Hang that, on, hang uh, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I have to interject here because in the last Holy episode, shit. in the last episode, you pointed out that I was a nerd for the Chateau Picard blog post that I wrote. But everything that it. everything that Christer just said is something that a wine nerd would say. Like Christer, well, now now pretend because. We recently did an episode on how to start a wine cellar for $250 at the request of one of our listeners. But we both went at it with the same approach, that chances are when you try to start that wine cellar, you're going to be drinking the wines young. And you're talking about people thinking about aging wines. So let's assume that the Bordeaux that you're buying to just get a taste for it are not wines that you're worried about ageability. Do you have any producers that you love that are just... Like they taste like Bordeaux. It's a good, like it's a good foot in the door, and are just not fussy. Like you don't need to think at all about putting them in a cellar. You just want to open them and drink them. 
Well, that's the thing with um, that. That's sort of Bordeaux's sort of issue these days, because to really understand why Bordeaux is the greatest or one of the greatest wine regions on the planet, you have to taste older Bordeaux wines because they 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 get so complex that no, nothing on this planet or very very few wines can ever reach that same complexity, but. Of course, I would say if you if you want to drink younger wines, you should probably stick to wines from from the right bank, which are, have more Merlot. Uh, if you are on a budget, you should look for wines from Fronsac. Fronsac is a region which has brilliant terroir, some of the best terroir in Bordeaux, actually, with with lots of limestone and and um, you have uh, a very good. It, it most of Bordeaux is very flat. But um, Fransac has a little bit more hills. They're not very tall uh, or high. It's it's um, it, it, but it's a little bit more rolling landscape. So you have a very good drainage, uh, and these uh, vineyards can create some really really good uh, wines. I, I'm a huge fan of wines from Chateau d'Alem or Chateau La Dauphin or or uh, Chateau Gabi, uh, La Riviere, and there's a few more which. Uh, year in and year out make fantastic wines and if you buy a case and these wines are all of these wines are less than 25 euros in europe in a shop some of them are even 15 or 16 euros um, and if you if you forget sort of that you had have bought it it's no problem because they will age 20 25 30 years without any problem I think another place to look is is the communes around Saint Emilio. You can also find a few Saint Emilio wines which are not that expensive, um, and uh, these wines also um, they can age very well. But normally they also drink like you had. You talked about the, your um, uh, Grand Pontier, which was now ten years old, and the thing is that these wines tend to drink. <clears throat> very well, much quicker than the left bank, which has more Cabernet Sauvignon uh, that really sort of needs at least five to ten years to polish off uh, some of the tannins and some of the wood. So somebody tells me uh, probably every producer he mentioned will never get it on Canadian shores, but that's just... Well, and I was even taking a quick it's look like at... A company. I could make a lot of money. Oh, I was These even taking a look at the Elsevier website. We, we, only have, uh, we only have one... Uh, one winery, uh, sorry, one wine from Fronsac that was recently pushed through the LCBO, and that was in the January release. So, yeah, yeah you, the name of it? Uh, Chateau Beau Séjour, Cuvée Prestige. Oh, okay, yeah, that's a little bit more rustic style, but uh, it's uh, uh, that's a wine I would like to decant for two or three hours, but uh, before it opens, because it's a little bit more more edgy when you. Just pour it. But you know, I, I think this is a general thing with with Bordeaux as well as Burgundy, uh, that if you if you really want to to see uh, or or drink these wines while they're fairly young, decant them for for at least two hours. It's tremendous how much that helps with the structure and and the flavor profile. So a lot a lot of people hear about Bordeaux being very expensive. They're always talking about first growths and second growths and, and and stuff like that. Is is it worth it to now? We're talking Canadian dollars here. Andre and I have tasted uh, uh, some under twenty dollar uh, Canadian. 
uh, Bordeaux. Um, is is that kind of Bordeaux worth it? Is that, uh, you know, we taste it and we think, you know, this, this is a pretty tasty wine, probably drinks now at fifteen ninety five. Um, is that something that is going to age 10, 20 years as well? Was this $15 Bordeaux age just as good as? Well, it won't age as good as Latour or Lafitte Rothschild because those wines are some of the most age-worthy wines on the planet. The, 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 in the top vintage, like 2010, these wines will age for 100 years. Wow. Uh, a 50 euro wine or, or Canadian, I don't know what Canadian dollars are compared to Euro. Think about think about, okay, so it's if, 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 if it's uh, 20 euros, what is it, Andre, it's about 40 Canadian? It's, a, it's about two-third, like a, a $30, yeah. a 30 year, a $30 dollar wow. wine will be 20 euros. 35 would be 20. About that, yeah. yeah well, okay. No, no, because a, a 20 euro wine would be, uh, a Bordeaux wine would easily, you're, you're really unlucky if that's not the wine which will age for 15 years. Uh, it could be the vintage. I would say that uh, in the last many years, uh, 20 years, there's actually just one vintage to really avoid, and that's 2013. That's one of the worst vintages ever. If we had that vintage 30 years ago, it would be a total write-off. Uh, so that's the only vintage to really, really avoid. Uh, but um, most most uh, twenty euro wines or thirty five Canadian dollars. Well, well, here's here's what I've got, Andre, on xe.com at the moment. Twenty euros is about twenty nine Canadian. Okay, yeah, so, so my math was right. 30, call it thirty. So yeah. So add a, add an extra add fifty percent. Yeah. At fifty percent. Yeah. I just want uh, so, I just want the record to show that my my math was correct. Yeah. So yeah. So I don't know if that's true, but <laughs> thirty Canadian dollars should easily um, have a wine uh, last for fifteen years if you want to normally. But again, it's a little bit about the vintage. So if I'm starting a wine cellar, let's say, so we talked about a, a two hundred and fifty dollar wine cellar. Uh, should I should I be looking at, at putting some Bordeaux in there, or should I maybe go elsewhere and and worry about Bordeaux when I can afford it? I would say that if you if you wait with Bordeaux, the Bordeaux wines you will then buy will probably never be ready for you. Uh, that that's the problem because if you start your Bordeaux buying when you're 50 or 60, you will probably uh, having them at your retirement home. But uh, <laughs> And that's the sort of the problem if you want to age more up. Or they'll be at your but weight. But on the other side, you know, if you the, the the safe thing is that if you if you um, one of the questions I get is, ah, my 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 son or daughter is getting married. I want a wine which can age for ten or twenty years, uh, so they can drink for their anniversaries. And it's very rare that a Bordeaux doesn't last at least twenty years, even. 20, 30 euros a bottle. Even the lesser vintages will still age 20, 30. Yeah, I would be careful. Uh, I wouldn't buy 13, but nearly every, you know, you have to go all the way back to, well, I would be careful about 2007 for, it, they still drink well now, but I wouldn't last most of these wines, at least for less than, say, 50 euros, won't be that great in another 10 years. And 2002 is the vintage before that. And then you have to go all the way back to 97. So it's not that many bad vintages. 
and the chance of you hitting those are a bit limited because most of the sevens and O twos are already drunk. Now the market, especially in Europe, is a little bit flooded with thirteen because you can't really get rid of them. <laughs> um, but if you buy the other vintages, ten or fifteen or twenty years are no problem almost. For so, Andre, let's have a little fun with uh, with Christer. Your uh, your birth year is eighty three. Eighty three. Yep. Uh, great vintage for Margot. Chateau Margot is one of the greatest wines they've uh, made, actually. Uh, it's a wine which, if the bottle is perfect, is is close to 100 points. It's great in Sauternes. Um, so that yeah, that's the two regions where 83 is really fantastic. You can have some very good 83s elsewhere as well. Uh, 83 was actually a very, very good vintage up until harvest time when rain came. So if that particular vineyard like Chateau Margaux and Chateau Palmer, which is neighbor, they didn't have rain. That's why they had fantastic wines. And there will be other, I, I like uh, Mouton and I like a few others, uh, Mouton Rothschild. Uh, but of course, these are extremely expensive wines. Uh, but you can find some big surprises. Uh, I think I've had a very good uh, Dilemme, which I mentioned earlier from, from, from Sac, which would today probably be a 60 euro bottle of wine. And it's 60 euros because it's old, not because it used to be that expensive. Um, so there's some stars from 83 if property didn't have rain. All right, Andre, next one is uh, Anya. 88. 88 is um, there you have it's a good year. Uh, some wines are a little bit green because it's not the ripest year ever. Uh, green Green's okay for of, us. Because of, because of Niagara, green is okay for us because we have a lot of uh, Bordeaux-style wines here. And if you like, if you like, if you're not afraid of some herbal notes in a wine, uh, it, it's a, it's a very good vintage. And I would say most 88s are still alive at almost any price range, both sweet, uh, dry, white, and and reds. Christopher, uh, your birth year is 79. Okay. Uh, 79 is difficult. Um, it, it's um, it's not a terrible vintage. It's a, it, it's a above average, but it's 40 years old. So now most wines are ready to drink and a little bit beyond. Uh, um, so the, you can still find some very nice 79s. Uh, I had a really good Obayi last year. Um, most 79s are drink up. It won't get any better. And Andre, your child? Michael, your uh, your birth year? <laughs> I see. You glossed over your child thing. Um, <laughs> your child thing? <laughs> well, I don't have a child. Unless you're talking about the dog. The dog's 2010, and we already talked about it. Oh, well. Yeah. I, I meant your your Most... your future child. I was going to see if uh, if Krista could see a crystal wall in the future. And, and very few people are crazy enough to buy uh, a fill a wine cellar for their dog. It's very true. <laughs> uh, so I, I know that my vintage is supposed to be good, 1970. 1970, there are still some, uh, again, it's a little bit, you know, it's... We're 50 years old it's now. It's 50 years old. So you have to sort of go to the top names to still have them, but uh, Las Casas Latour can be fantastic. Latour can be a 100-point wine. 
Funny thing that you mentioned Odbayi, because I had an Odbayi at 40 years old, and that was uh, was really good. Yeah, Odbayi is one of my favorites. It's, it's fantastic it, stuff. It, it was uh, the first first time I had ever had a wine from my birth year was an Odbayi, and it was really, really good. Yeah. Oh, but, no, no, 1970, if, if the wine has survived, and it also depends, on, of course, on, on bottle variation, yeah. it can be fantastic still. And I also had a Giraud La Rose from my birth year, I think, a few years after that one. Yeah, 70 Giraud La Rose is... Well, there we Probably go. More I, I, hope, I, hope we, I hope we've learned a little bit about Bordeaux here. I think it's time to, to put you guys to bed here, and maybe you can go find that rooftop bar and hang out with the college students. Oh, that's 20 minutes walk. That's too much walking now. We've done enough walking for one day. All right. We, uh, we walk the town for ice cream, for tea, and uh, for... That's what we do. Well, I expect you to bring me back some olive oil this time. I don't bring you olive oil. I bring it for myself. How do you think I get into my, my house? I got to get my wife olive oil. He's like the olive oil pusher of Tuscany. <laughs> yeah, he Everybody, definitely is. You know, oh, here Michael comes. You have to get rid of your <laughs> olive oil. Otherwise, he will get rid of it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's we can we can sign this off here once again. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash twoguystalkingwine. I'm Andre Pru from andrewinereview.ca. I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com. And, of course, our special guest is Christopher Biklum from... Be My Bordeaux. And, uh, obviously, Norway. Norway as well. Yeah, he's from Norway. Just in case you didn't notice there was an accent in there. So, Andre? I just assumed it was uh, the wine. Good night from uh, from Tuscany. And same uh, to you. And um, uh, don't take any wooden nickels. Whatever that means. Are you going to say it? Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.